You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Welcome back to Dad in the Trenches. This is Aaron here, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. To start us off with, uh, one quick announcement. If you have been following Dad in the Trenches on Instagram at all, you probably have noticed uh, the DITT election challenge hashtag I've been using. You know, this world, and even so many believers, are out of their minds when it comes to this election and all the things that people are spewing online, all the dissension, all the hate, all the things uh, that are going on, and simply just felt burdened that we need to do something a little different as believers. We need to promote Jesus. We need to have scripture. We need to have things that point back to ultimately where our true hope falls and our true hope should lie in, which is in Jesus. So if you at, at all are on social media, you're following along on Instagram, the hashtag DITT election challenge is simply uh, a means for you to post something that is uh, about Jesus, scripture, something you've reposted, even if you repost something that from Dad in the Trenches, totally fine. Use the DITT election challenge hashtag, and uh, let's put some more positive things out there. Let's put some things out there that are for Jesus and are not for dissension and spewing um, a particular political viewpoint or something that's meant to get other people triggered, rather that uh, points to the hope that we have and the hope that's within us. And the hope that isn't found in Jesus. So that is your challenge, dads. Join in on the DITT election challenge. Use the hashtag in your posts. Um, find ways to spread hope in this crazy season and not participate in all the uh, dissension and hate-mongering that's going on. I don't care where your political affiliations lie. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, your affiliation and your life belong to him and ultimately that is where your allegiance lies so challenge you guys in this season let's spread hope in Jesus alright today's guests and I talk a lot about this idea of initiation and helping us usher in our kids into what ultimately God has created them to be this is both through everyday life and also through times of set-apart ceremony and rites of passage. This is something that I've done and I'm seeking to do with my kids on an every-other-year basis um, through rites of passage, initiation ceremonies, that kind of thing. Today's guest heads up actually a ministry that does that very thing, and I was excited to get to just sit and talk with him 
uh, not only about his heart in that, what they do, and how all that came about, but uh, ultimately how he's done that in his life with his own kids. He's got a wealth of experience to share with us, and I'm so glad that he joined us. So I think you'll enjoy the conversation, and it'll stir you to begin thinking about this for your own family life, whether it's through everyday things or also through set-apart times, such as a rites of passage or initiation trip. So enjoy the conversation. Let's jump over to today's guest. So, gentlemen, welcome back to Dad in the Trenches. Today, my guest is Chris Hartenstein. Chris, thanks so much for joining us here on Dad in the Trenches. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So tell us just a little bit about yourself, what you do presently, seasonal life, and family. Well, that's a loaded question for our family. Um, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, Ruth, and uh, 28 years this year. Okay. And uh, we have eight kids, uh, five boys, three girls. And we have one daughter-in-law, so that makes nine. And we have another daughter-in-law soon to be part of the family. So um, that'd make 10 and grandparents of one. We have a one-year-old grandson, Brady. Uh, so we, we're, I would say that our family is very full. There's a lot going on. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We've, we have our four older kids are almost launched. So um, they're either married or moving out of the house or have moved out of the house. And so Ruth and I are spending a lot of time focusing on our younger four kids, which we call uh, second squad. Second squad. <laughs> second squad. Yeah. So <laughs> first squad has been deployed and they're out doing mission and raising oh, families yeah. and doing their thing. And so now it's time to get second squad out of the house. So Ruth and I can, uh, we can come off the front lines and uh, do some R and R. Fantastic, right? Absolutely. Well, Chris, um, man, so tell us a little bit just more about your background growing up. Um, you know, the impact of father on us all is is a big deal, and so and we'll get into some of yep. what you're doing. But I'm interested to hear, you know, what's your background been like? You know, with the role of a father, especially how has that impacted you spiritually, emotionally? You know, all those kind of things. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, my dad, you, know, you kind of have to go back a little bit of the family history, uh, but my dad was a very unfathered man. Uh, mm -hmm. My grandfather, Hartenstein, was, he was a man's man, uh, dropped out of school in eighth grade, uh, was hardcore, you know, just um, tough, tough father to live under, and uh, was one of those guys that never said, hey, I love you, uh, mm -hmm. but was incredibly loyal to the family was a hard worker, um, loved America, loved being in this country. And, uh, and so my dad got that from his dad. So good work ethic, family. Um, my grandpa wanted all of his kids to graduate from college. So he, he was able to do that through owning a small business throughout the years, restaurants and stuff. And so that's what my dad got from his dad. And, okay. um, so my dad gave me those things, but he added a spiritual foundation to that. So um, he was a first generation believer. He and my mom both were. And uh, so they learned, you know, they gave it to us as they learned it because nobody yeah. was giving it to them. Uh, yeah. I, I truly believe my dad, like he knew he wanted to give me something more, uh, but he wasn't sure how and he wasn't sure what, because there wasn't you know, all the John Eldridge's and guys like you and other guys doing uh, podcasts and helping guys. It was like figured out, right. bootstrapped kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. 
that, that makes sense. What just kind of, as you, were there challenges with that now in your own journey? Are there things you had to, you feel like you had to overcome or undo, or was it like, you know, as he's learning it, as he's pouring it out, like you got a pretty good representation of, okay, this is what it means to be like spiritual leader of my family, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, younger, I was first born. So that means I'm the experiment. <laughs> Anybody that, that's a firstborn, they, they know what that means. But right. as a firstborn, you know, I got my dad first. So as a young kid, you know, he was pretty harsh. Um, as I got into my teen years, uh, he was a perfectionist. And mm -hmm. some of that was just his personality, just the way he's wired. And he didn't know, like he didn't know what else to give me. But as he learned new things, like it, it was so cool as my dad would learn new things, he would, you know, come in, I could tell a change in his heart and his attitude, um, his behavior. I think for me growing up, as they, it, it shaped a lot of how I saw God and it shaped a lot of what I thought relationship with God looked like. So hit the mark, you know, do the right thing, be obedient. Um, if you make a mistake, you better fix it right now. And I don't think that was necessarily what my dad wanted to communicate all the time, but you know, just what he was given. But over time, he shifted that. And so for me, like even though my dad and no dad is perfect, like how my dad wounded me, I'll try not to wound my kids, but I'm wound them in new ways, right? We just <laughs> right. add to the pile. But but my my dad's heart was always to give me more than what he was given, and I believe he did that. Like I believe he. He gave me more than what grandpa gave him. Yeah. And so, so that's a, that's a sweet thing. As, as an adult, though, I had to recalibrate a lot of my thinking around mm -hmm. God, which was a, which is a big part of my journey in my early thirties was, um, God moving things from my head to my heart, mm -hmm. moving things from duty and obligation to love, mm -hmm. moving, um, me seeing him as, you know, this, uh, intense, perfectionistic, you know, you better do it right. Or I'm going to nail your butt to the wall to a dad, you know, yeah. and me as a beloved son. And so that was a big, that has been a big part of my journey is, yeah. you know, separating an imperfect father who gave me his best from a perfect dad who, you know, you know, hits it, hits the mark all the time, you know, separating yeah. those two from each other. Yeah. Sure. Man, that is even as you're just, talking about that I can feel some of that own that stuff in myself as well and it's like resonating with what you're saying absolutely so fast forward just a little bit to okay now you're a dad you're in the trenches <laughs> you're still in the trenches <laughs> um, yep. you know yep. our youngest is is 11 so we're still 11. there <laughs> okay so you've been learning to be a dad you're balancing work you know relationship with God all that you know share with us maybe just some of the things that you've been learning, some difficulties you've had to overcome, even, you know, learning as you're, as a father as well. Yeah. So as the young dad, you know, Ruth and I got married, she was a day away from 21 and I was like a month away from 22. So we were pretty young. Yeah. And uh, when we had Rob, our oldest, uh, that was like 18, 19 months into our marriage. So it was quick. We had our first okay. child quick. So we were learning. And I, I would say that with our first two kids, I was very engaged, um, loved hanging out with them, played with them all the time, did stuff, read, read to them. And then 
between uh, Lindsley and our next son, Judah, we, I bought the family business and um, it wasn't doing great. And so um, there was a shift for me and I began to focus more on work, more on, Hey, we got to make this thing happen. And, and, you know, just all the things that come with owning a business. Sure. And so for, for the next two, for Judah and Jared, I, I struggled a lot with that work and life balance and came home from a trip one time and Ruthie had all these pictures out back when, you know, you used to actually get pictures and they were <laughs> on your phone <laughs> and they were laid out on the table. And I started asking, Hey, what's that? And she's like, Oh, this was the zoo. And what's that? And Oh, that's when, and I realized that like, in all these pictures, I, I wasn't present. I wasn't there. And, mm. and that really hurt my heart. Cause I had no, I knew where I was at with the older two and then where I found myself with, you know, Jude and Jared three and four. And yeah. so that became one of those, for me, that became a watershed moment of like, Hey, I need to get this back into balance. Um, then in my early thirties as a dad, God, like I mentioned earlier, he began to really work in my heart to move me from, you know, a slave or an orphan into, into a son. Mm. And that really changed my parenting. Uh, it, it changed how I saw my kids. It moved me from being focused on behavior to focus on their heart, like what's God doing in their heart and mm. realizing like, I'm not meant to shape my kids for what I want. I'm meant to help move them towards what God has created them to be, Yeah, which was a very different mindset for me. Um, being, you know, the product of a perfectionist and a driver, yeah. I had these marks that I wanted my kids to hit and I was like, yeah, that may not be what I have. And I'm like, wait a minute. I think I know this. You need to you know, do what I think. And so that was, that was, you know, those were some of the early years um, is our kids got older. So when our oldest son, Rob turned 16, he really began to struggle. And um, that was really hard. It was for us, it was super unexpected, but, but a whole lot of what God had been dealing in my heart in my early thirties was all of a sudden now put to work and you know um, I had to love him through really hard things I had to see how my identity in some ways was wrapped up in my kids being good or doing the mm. right thing and that was that was a real punch in the gut for me as a dad to realize like yeah. hey I have identity wrapped up in the performance of my children and not in their faith or their their love of God or their, you know, reflecting his character, his heart, but in their performance. Yeah. And that was a huge, <laughs> that was a huge aha moment for yeah. me and for, for both of us. Yeah. Um, but that began to also weed out other wrong thinking and, and wrong um, ideology and what it meant to be a parent, what my responsibility was, what my purpose was as a parent. It, it mm. really reshaped that. And so, you know, from what we went through with Rob, it, it basically emptied for our family, it emptied all of the things that we were doing and what was driving them. And it, it, it brought in all new things into our family. Um, mm. It was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, our, all of our older kids played sports and, you know, we prayed with them and talked about like, you know, honoring God on the field or on the court or, um, but as we began to shift our focus, Ruth and I on, you know, their key heart questions, our whole family dynamic began to change our whole, everything that we did, like 
all the kids quit sports. We, I mean, it was a crazy shift. It's going to even hard to explain, mm-hmm. but God just really worked in that. Um, so that was a big, that was a, that was a big moment for us as parents. Yeah. And now we're kind of going through it again. Now with second squad, we're like, okay, <laughs> let's go back. What do we do back here? And <laughs> I don't know. Trying to do better second time around, I guess. Right. You know? um, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But there were some, there were some pretty key things that we learned in all of that. That one of the big ones was um, that, that our kids need to know some things early in life that have to be taught early in life. So, you know, who are they, why they're here, where their worth and values at. Um, mm-hmm. With the older kids, we focus on like, hey, finances and stewardship and things like that, and which are important. We talk about biblical principles, and but they still struggled with those with the heart questions and we'll get the finances. We'll get to the other stuff. Like when you're ready to get married, you're going to have all kinds of questions, but (laughs) you know, it taught us like, Hey, these are the key heart things that our kids need to receive while they're little and not just in word, but in our action and you know, and what we spend our time in, what we spend our time as a family doing. And and so that was a, that was a really big shift for us as parents. Um, Yeah. That's good. What I love about what you're saying, you know, with Dad the Trenches, we've got kind of three tenets of purpose, presence, and progress. And couched under that purpose is us as dads helping to bestow something on our kids. Yeah. And and more than anything, what I hear you saying is just it's that aspect of you as parents bestowing like this this sense of they're enjoyed, they're loved, um, delighted in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so good. I I mean. I feel like you're counseling me right now because I feel like I'm going through some of that with just be even, I mean, this is fresh as of this morning. We're talking, Chris, like <laughs> I'm not appreciative of some of the behavior that's going on in my household that I'm seeing and the attitude. <laughs> and it's like, okay, the behavior aspect versus the heart aspect. Right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yep. there's some damage control. I probably have to go back and deal with here when we're done. <laughs> But I love yeah, it. Well, what this is about. Yeah, it is. And we're learning as much, you know, none of the kids came with the manual. So, right. you know, you got to learn personality <laughs> and the way they handle life and their styles of relating. And yes. oh my gosh, there's all that stuff we got to figure out. So, well, and with eight kids, I mean, I can't even imagine the dynamics. The, um, was it the birth order book? You know, why you are yes. who you are. It's like, I don't yep. recall if they go all the way up to eight. There might be, you know, three or four, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, but for sure. you, you know, one of the beautiful things is that, you know, each of our kids as a, as parents, you know, I, I've always thought, you know, as a kid and growing up and then kind of living in my home, like, Hey, my job is like, get them to college and get them out and get them a good job. And then, you know, kind of like that American dream, right. throw the Bible in there and throw the moral values in there, like that kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, we, as parents, like our, our role is, to see the glory of, you know, of God in our kids and then do everything we can to help them believe in that and to step into that and to live that out. And, and to, you know, when they're, when the behavior isn't right, say, Hey, like you're created to be this. And if we're not doing that, like, but this is who you are. And so in that bestowing, it's also helping them believe in that, that reality, like, Hey, you're more, than how you're living right you're more than these choices you're making mm-hmm. you know and that changed for us thinking of our kids as 
reflecting his glory and created in his image and, you know, bearing that, okay, we have to help them live that out. Like that's our goal with our kids. And that shifted all for Ruth and I both that shifted a lot, shifted the way we disciplined, the way we, you know, um, like we have a lot of creative kids in our family and, you know, the way they think and, it's opposite of their dad. And so right. they'll say to me, I'm like, and th- there's no way that's not logical that, that that's the way God created him. And like, I'm supposed to figure out how to love and support that. So, yes. but I see a whole lot more God yeah. with each of them. The more I see them be more of what they're created to be. Yeah. No, and that's great. awesome. Yeah. yeah, that is. That's so good, Chris. Thank you for that. shift just talking a little bit about new frontier ministries that you're involved in you know how did what led to that and what part in this journey as a father did that come in and you know walk us through kind of that yeah so um when i first got out of college uh we had a pastor who was super intuitive and he's like hey why don't you and ruth come work with the youth group and so we're like yeah we don't know any better so we started working with the youth group and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was a good dude. He, he was pretty perceptive, but it was awesome because as a man, you know, junior hires are like pre people. And so, you know, here's a guy out of college, just married, get to goof around, be, be stupid, act like a goofball. And, and yet everybody's like, you're so good at your ministry. And I'm like, Hey, I'm just being a guy. Like it's perfect <laughs> for me. And, uh, but what it really brought up in my heart was that I, I had a heart for these young guys that, you know, that, Hey, there's something more, you're more. And, um, and as God began to awaken that in my heart, he began to awaken a passion in me. And then, um, in that, in those early years of him really moving things from head to heart, I got to go out to Montana on a, just a, like a mini water hard weekend with the, with a group of guys and, uh, started, going out west and taking guys on bicycle trips and whitewater rafting trips and motorcycle trips and then reading books because I didn't know any better. I didn't know how to disciple guys yet. <laughs> and, you know, we'd pick up Mere Christianity or Waterheart or whatever it was uh-huh. and talk about it around a fire and mostly just talking and being honest. And then when Rob got older, we started taking the boys out west. And so that was kind of the beginning of it. And in that, I just awoken something and me beyond my business, um, that that became for me the battle that I think I was created to fight, which is, you know, freeing the hearts of of men and mm-hmm. and then realizing just on my own journey how important it was for me as a dad to be the leader of that. But then realizing that I was still learning how to impart that onto my sons, like bestow and you know, and offer them something that they could, that could become repeatable, like generationally repeatable. And so, so that's, you know, that's where my heart was. And then when Rob struggled, you know, it brought everything to the forefront and it, it whittled, it whittled down like this huge bucket of things we felt like we need to teach our kids to this really small bucket of just Mm. key heart questions that became 
our, our focus completely in our family and the business. And then the formation of the ministry, you know, came out of that hard season. We came out of that and people started coming up and saying, Hey, we, we watched you guys. Can you help us? And mm-hmm. they're like, sure, we can do that. And so we started counseling a lot of families who had kids that struggled with their faith journey. And, um, and as we did that, God just, I mean, he, you know how he is. He takes something really, really hard, like something that guts you. Yeah. And then he just fills you back up with something so much better. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so when he did that, like Ruth and I just started seeing clear as we helped other families that, Hey, like this is something more that we mm-hmm. are supposed to be called into. And so then in 2012 is when we said, okay, we're going to, <laughs> we're going to do this crazy thing called new frontier ministries. And so that's when it started, you know, that's when it got, it was formed. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, it was both an adventure and, and, and a lot of pain to get there. Sure. But it was good. Yeah. It was a good, it's been a good journey. It yeah. And so really just tell us kind of what, tell us more about kind of the aim and, and what that looks like. Yeah. So when folks come out, we invite fathers and sons, men and women to come out West. And our heart is, you know, for them through adventure and experiential learning to ask themselves and, and look at their life and say, Hey, where am I taking my key heart questions? Where's that leading me? We kind of have this little phrase. We say the source of the answers to your key heart questions determines your direction and ultimately your destination. And yeah. so wherever you're going to answer like, the three, the four questions that we think are, that we use that, that will tell, like if you get any psycho- psychology book or whatever, they'll say, these are the key questions that you ask Right. is who am I, right? Yeah. Identity. Why am I here? Like, what's yeah. my, what in the world am I doing here? Which yeah. we call mission. Yeah. Um, where do I belong? You know, where's my place in the world, which we call community. Mm-hmm. And then what is the standard? Like how, what is the measure of how I'm supposed to live my life? And we call that code. Cool. And so those are the four things that we help. We, we help guys and sons and women, men and women say, okay, where, where am I going to answer mm-hmm. the question? Identity? Where am I going to find my mission? You know, are these in a certain order? Cause they, they really do come in a certain order. Like yeah. you need identity before you get anything else. Right. Right. And so through that adventure and experiential learning, um, we offer help and truth uh, for folks to understand what that looks like and how to Mm -hmm. receive that, how to live into that and Mm -hmm. not just get the concept, but practically like, how do I do this? Like, even when we got on this call today, you know, my prayer before I got on the call was like, Hey dad, I want to do this as your beloved son. I don't need to earn anybody's approval. I don't need to say everything the right way. Yeah. So let me speak from my heart. Let, Let your heart, flow through my heart like that's it and so like even in a practical thing like getting on a call with you how do i do this as a son you know not Mm -hmm. you know from another perspective so and so the trip lasts like a week and they come out and do a bunch of stuff and is there are there certain age ranges that you target with you know bringing boys in and that kind of thing yeah we you know 13 is the year we kind of we, that's the earliest, the youngest, we like the guys to come out when they have 13 and usually the father and son weeks are 13 to 18. And then we have an advanced week, which is for older sons. So sons 18 and older. And then we have the men's weeks and then the men's weeks are, you know, any age over 18. Gotcha. 
So you do, you do stuff that's, that's driven around father, son, but then also just individual men as well. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, what happened was we, we, we were just doing the father and son. And then, you know, I come, we come home to Ohio and we'd have guys that came out with their sons talking to guys with daughters. And I was getting this like, Hey, what's the scoop, dude? Like you got girls. Why are we not doing, you know, father and daughter stuff? And I'm like, well, you know, part of its facilities and all this other stuff. And right. so then I said, okay, well, let's, you guys that have daughters come out. So we started just doing like guys that, you know, had really young kids or had all girls. Right. So <laughs> it was, uh, so it just kind of grew out of that. Guys were like, Hey, we want to hear it too. So yeah. And then it started to grow and we thought, okay, well just, there's a need. Let's fill it. Yeah, so we did. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I want to just, take a few minutes too and just us riff on just this idea of initiation the need okay. for especially our our boys i mean also it's applicable for girls too but the times in which we live are um turbulent might be a weak term but you know the the upheaval of gender roles the upheaval of what does it mean to be a man a woman all that kind of stuff as well but um, you know, these are the questions I'm wrestling with as I have my oldest is about to hit 13 this next year. Mm. And starting at the age of 10, I'm like, okay, I want to every other year begin taking my boys away with me and us having just intentional time for initiation, man stuff, that kind of thing. Not that that subverts what you got to do on a day to day basis, right? But like, there seem to be key key points of initiation that are good for kids to realize, okay, this is me passing from one stage to another. This is their identity moments. So I want to hear your thoughts on that and just, you know, how with what you're doing at New Frontier also plays into that. How do you see that um, evolution, even when people are on site with you all, but also just big picture, you know, your thoughts on just the need for initiation, especially in the Western culture. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, that's a great question. With the new frontier weeks, I'll give you just a little example. So we, hmm? we do a day, it's like a day and a half where we talk hmm. about how God sees us and how he defines us and how, you know, um, in the garden, all the questions of our hearts were answered. We, we were connected with him and how he, his desires to restore that. Yeah. So we use the story of the prodigal, some really cool stuff. And then we do, we do a ceremony. We do a ring ceremony where the dad gives uh, his son a ring, a pair of sandals and a robe. And, you know, we talk about how each of those marks something like, you know, the robe marks your place in the family. And, you know, the ring is the power and authority that you have to exercise. And, and the sandals are the privilege of being a beloved son. And so we do that to declare over the boys, hey, you, you are a beloved son. And in being that, there's things that you can step up into. And so when I think about initiation, I think it's, it's two things. One, it's, it's being called up into something. So like mm. in our family, when our boys turn 10, they get a BB gun and we do some special <laughs> stuff together. And the, the, the premise is, hey, you're turning, t you're 10 now. And there's some things dad wants to bring you up into. Yeah. And, and so then when they turn 13, there's some ceremony and 16, some ceremony, 18. And then when they, when they go out, they get graduate college. And so in each of those different places, there's two things I, 
you know, for our family that we're conscientious of. One is we're calling them, hey, you've, you're here, but it's not that you've reached something, it's that we're calling you up into something. So when you turn 13, okay, between now and 18, I wanna, I wanna be able to turn you loose. When you turn 18 and people say, hey, you're an adult now, mm-hmm. I want you to look like an adult. And so we're stepping up into something. And mm-hmm. what that initiation, at least, and like in our family, it's a recognition of this is who you are, this is how God's created you, we're affirming that in you. And now we want to help you flesh that. I want you to live that out. Mm-hmm. And you're now a part of this company of men or guys that are doing the same thing. And so I, you know, initiation is definitely affirmation of who God's created us to be definitely, you know, encouragement of that. But also I think a, a big part of that is belonging is that a young man knows he belongs a part of something that is going to help him move forward. I think, manhood like guys moving into what it means to be a man there's so much isolation there's so much i got to figure it out on my own there's so much of hey what do i do and and yet if you're called into a community of guys and you're looking around and these are guys you respect and we're saying hey you're not part of this community come in and live it out Um, that's a lot of what our initiation looks like and um and and it, it beats back that isolation. It beats back that I got to do it on my own. And hey, you are something, but now you're going to live as something. So we talk a lot about I am a son. That's identity. Yeah. Code is I live as a son. Like yeah. I'm doing it in all things. And, and so that's like, hey, when, you, when we initiate you, we're initiating you into that next level of living out being a son. Mm. And, or a woman we do that we do some of the same ceremonies for our girls as well so okay you know Lindsay's the girls i think yeah i think all of them now have their knives we do a knife ceremony Lindsay okay you, has, got, you gotta flesh that out a little bit more tell yeah. us what does this look like <laughs> yeah so we got girl dads like, that listen in for sure yeah. so they're 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 wanting to know <laughs> so you know when we do a knife ceremony um, we'll buy a custom-made knife and we'll talk about that the knife represents them. So it's custom-made. The blade has a purpose. It has the marks of the creator. Um, it's, you know, it's unique. There's not another one like it. Yeah. And we just affirm like all these things like, hey, this is who you are. Like you're unique, you're crafted, you're purposeful, yeah. you know, all these truths about them. And then we talk about how they also have power. This knife is powerful Mm -hmm. and it has the power to either give life or to take life away. And so, you know, it it isn't given to them with the idea of, Hey, go cut a tree down with it now, daughter, you know, in your (laughs) dress and stuff. It's, it's more about like, this represents you. And I think again, like helping our girls know, Hey, you have a power as a daughter of God. Like he's, he wants you to exercise that in the kingdom it could be at home. It could be in the workplace. It, it's mm-hmm. not important where, but when we, when we do the ceremony with the guys or the girls or our daughters yeah. or our sons, when we talk about like who holds that knife determines where, what, what that knife is going to do. Is it going to give life or is it going to take life away? And so it's kind of those early stages of beginning to help them to see, Hey, where you take your questions, who you give power in your life. And they determine are you a life giver? Are you taking life? You know, are you being what you're created to be? Or are you hiding that? So, and they love it. Like my daughter, like 
my oldest daughter, she's a musician. She's like beautiful, strong. Um, she went away when she went away to college. Uh, we, we went into her apartment and we moved her in. They, her friends moved her in. We showed up to finish up some stuff. And when yeah. we got there, her sword was already on the wall hanging over the fireplace. <laughs> you know, so it was a big deal. Like, you know, and my youngest daughter got her, her knife this summer. And I mean, she cried like it was so important to her um, to know and to hear those things. And, you know, I don't know if she'll ever cut anything with it, but she'll never forget. You know what I mean? But she'll never forget. Like, hey, this is who I am. And she sees that she'll remember all the good that was declared over her. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I think even as girls, man, they love that stuff. You That's know? cool. She loved it that I cut my hand on her knife. She thought that was amazing because I <laughs> shoved it through the sheet on accident. <laughs> so that was a fun memory, too. During that. Yeah. But. I'm curious, too, because, like, tokens of initiation, those are things yep. we're talking about. You know, you mentioned uh, with, with the boys, a ring, robe, sandals, that kind of thing. Are there other things that you all have done? I'm curious as to, you know, boys or girls that, you, that you've done. Yeah. So my grandpa Bishop was a, um, he was a pilot in the Second World War in the Pacific. And so when he died, you know, he was discharged with this, you know, he served with distinction. And so when he died, um, he got a 21-gun salute. And oh, wow. as crazy as it sounds, none of them, None of my cousins or anybody wanted his, his bullets, the shell casing. So I snatched them up right away. I'm like, I'll take them. Yeah. And so when the boys turned 13, one of their, one of the gifts that they get is they get um, one of the shells, it's got a mm-hmm. hole in it. And the charge, the simple charge of that is, hey, you come from good stock. You come from a history of warriors and fighters for justice and those that are want to put their life on the line for others. And so you need, you are part of a family that lives lives of distinction. Like mm-hmm. you serve with distinction. Yeah. And so they get that. And, and, you know, if you ever bring your son out to Montana and you're around my boys, you'll see they all have their, their, their uh, shell with their ring around their neck. They wear it all the time. That's and, cool. And then for the girls, we took, we found a lady who made jewelry and she took the end of the shell, cut it off and then flattened the rest of it and turned it into this incredibly beautiful medallion. And so we give the girls the necklace. So instead of getting, you know, the shell, it's like that's, (laughs) that was a little bit further, but the girls are the same thing. Hey, you come from a family of, of warriors, whether you're fighting, you know, on the battlefield or you're fighting for the heart of your kids or for your husband. Like you come from that. That's part of who you are. And so whatever that looks like, lead a life of distinction. And so that's one of the things that we do. Um, I love that. And over the years, I've just given the, the boys and the girls different things that were given to me by my, um, by my grandparents. Just, yeah. hey, I'm passing along to you. You know, it's yours now. Yeah. You carry this forward. Here's the story behind it. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that's really cool. I love just how you make that your own every every family has different different things for us one of the things is lions and so um one i just love the lion from the sense of boldness and courage my grandfather was involved internationally with the lions club oh cool he's had like lions all over the place right in his house and so that's something i grew up just seeing and it was you know but then you know whether it be the um, Aslan from Chronicles of Narnia growing up and reading those and 
just the imagery was always there. So one of the, the things we do is like a, uh, a lion, a little lion statue of sorts, you know, like that's one of the gifts that we've done with the kids. And so, I mean, they, awesome. they eat that stuff up. So for dads, for you listening, as you think through an initiation or even tokens of initiation, like make it your own, make the, the things yeah. your own that, that are personal and are maybe even, if it's the right term, familial, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's to, to your family or family line too. So that's yeah. really great. I think one of the things too about doing initiation is I think as, as guys and as dads, we want to, we want to do it right. So we, we, we want to say the right things. We want to communicate the right things. We want, you know, we want to do all the right totally. stuff. Right? <laughs> totally. And I can't remember who said it. So I'm not stealing, this isn't mine, but he, you know, the guy's like, it was in one, some seminar I went to or somebody giving me crap about being a perfectionist. I can't remember which one it is, but <laughs> he said, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Hmm. And if there's anything I've seen over the years with my kids and then with the guys at new frontier, when they come in and you get this dad and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to communicate to his, you know, his 13 or 14 year old son, what's on his heart. And, you know, there's emotion and there's, you know, words and he's fumbling over and his boy is just like looking at him. His eyes are huge. He's receiving the spirit that his dad's given. Even yeah. His dad doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Um, same with my girls. And so I just share that to say, Hey guys, don't worry about like doing it. Perfect. Gotta be the right words. Yeah. Just share your heart with your kids, you know, yeah. and commemorate that with something that's important, but yeah. share that with them. And they, kids are, pretty good about um giving us room like hey i uh i'm giving you credit dad for your intention right, right. <laughs> not necessarily the execution but your intention yeah. and i think i think that's important don't yeah. wait till you nail it just just do what you got give yeah. that to them you know? that's good that's a great reminder for sure i'm curious too just i mean you're you're already telling some of the stories of things you see i'd love to hear you know, anything else that you, that you've seen over the years doing this, you know, at, at new frontier, you know, or any other stories of things that have just been like, wow, that's huge. Or you see, you see transformation right before your very eyes kind of thing. Well, we see that every week that we do the weeks in Montana, Mm -hmm. like whether it's father and son or men or women, you know, when God gets room to move, when our dad gets room to move, boy, he, he doesn't waste it ever. Um, I think some of my favorites over the years, we had a father and son, uh, they had had a falling out and the son had not called, would not call his dad, dad, he uh-huh. called him by his name. And, uh, and so by, you know, the guys show up Wednesday and by, or they show up Sunday by Wednesday, the dad and the son are, they're laying in their bed, talking, communicating, son's calling him dad. Um, after the ceremony, you know, the dad affirmed things in his son, not his grades, not his home runs, not, but you know, he, he saw things in his son that he called out. And, and I think for the first time, at least from outside, watch looking in for the first time, the son felt that his dad saw him. Hmm. And so, you know, they're laying on the bed talking and then the next night they're praying together and, and they were, and I've kept up with the family. So the, they're yeah. have this great relationship, you know, five years later. That's so um, awesome. That, that's one of my favorite. One of yeah. the other one is we had, we had a grandfather, a father and a son come out 
Oh, wow. Um, so grandpa, son, and grandson. Uh-huh. And grandpa was like hard, hardcore Marine, like <laughs> 72. He was in better shape than I was at, you know, 44, 45, <laughs> whatever. And, um, and the son is, it struggled. So not the youngest, but the middle, the yeah. dad, it struggled all the way to like, you know, moving into homosexuality, leaving his family, like just mm. intense struggle, internal struggle. And, uh, during the ceremony, um, the, 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 the dad had never apologized to his son had never apologized for dishonoring his dad. Um, his dad had never told him he loved him. And so all of a sudden during the ceremony, you know, the, the, the dad is giving the, the dad is giving his son the, the ring and the robe and mm-hmm. he just starts to weep and apologizes to his son and the son forgives his dad. And then the dad turns to his dad and says, Hey dad, I, I was wrong. I dishonored you. So this Marine, he starts weeping. So everybody's crying, like the whole group, everybody's crying. We're all trying to act like men, right? You know, where's the, where the guns and the bourbon and the trucks? Like nobody should be crying kind of thing. And, uh, and it was just amazing. Just the spirit of God just swept over the family in that yeah. moment. And three generations, like three generations were restored in that father and son relationship. The dad told his son, Hey, I love you. And I've always been proud of you. And uh, you know, this dad had never heard that. Yeah. So yeah, those are, I mean, I get emotional this Tony now and it was like four or five years ago. So yeah. Um, those are the things that we see, you know, just that restoration and the freedom mm-hmm. you know, in relationship with one another. Yeah. All from, I believe, just the truth of who we are, that identity of being a son. That's so good. There's so much freedom in that. So that's really good. Um, and I'm curious too, just is there any sort of follow up? What do you guys do post event? Um, you said you're connected with some of them, but, you know, yep. kind of have the. Uh, I don't mean it in a derogatory way, but, you know, kind of a summer camp experience of like, Hey, that was great. We had this high and then we come down off the mountain. It's like, okay, back to normal. Like how do you ensure that the things that, that happen with father and sons, there's some longevity there. And, you know, is there follow up? What do you all do with them? Yeah, there is. Um, We don't want to do an event. So that when we, when we first started new frontier, we were like, Hey, we're not summer camp. We don't want to be the (laughs) highlight of the year. Right. Yeah. We don't, we don't want that. We, we want this to be transformational. And yeah. so when they leave, there's a couple of different things. One is the dads have access to me, the talk, um, to communicate stuff like that. But then we have an eight week follow-up on our app mm. and on the website where they can go and we've recorded in a fun way, you know, goofy, silly, but fun. The things that we learned in Montana mm-hmm. and then they get, a new challenge because we do these like you know the first week it's listening and following how do we learn to listen to god how do we mm-hmm. learn to follow him and so they have what we call calibration questions that they can talk about dad and son can talk about so watch the video calibration questions and then there's a challenge cool. and the challenge is uh, so like week one it's go and buy food take it downtown and give it to a homeless family you just do something together now it doesn't count and if they, so if, if a guys do the, all the challenges and they send us pictures of all of it, they get to come out the next year for free. So that's cool. Yeah. So that's the, we have that eight week follow up, And then we have a lot of resources on the website, 
and a lot of, you know, again, just access to us if they, if they, there's questions and stuff. And that's, so the follow-up is super important. Um, we do two, we do two after the trip meetings with the dads and the sons, uh, just to connect how they, how's it going? Where are you struggling? You know, because when they leave, they do what we call a battle plan. And that battle plan is meant to begin the steps of transformation when you get home. And so there's a, there's a follow-up conversation with them, the fathers and the sons, and then there's another one four or five weeks later. So that's great. So yeah, there's definitely follow-up. That is, <laughs> that is sure. great. I love hearing that. I mean, um, just kind of, I know I want to be respectful of your time here, Chris, but you know, what, um, what kind of challenges would you leave with our dads in the trenches? Um, whether it's guys that may be interested, you know, to come out, uh, or even just, okay, man, I can't do that. But you know, what's something that you would leave with our dad in the trenches, you know, as a challenge or equipping something for them? Yeah, that's good. Um, and I think there's two things that really come to mind. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time on, sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't know it, living our lives through our kids' lives, whether it's sports or accomplishments or, yeah. you know, just their happiness is our happiness or whatever that looks like. And I think the, the big challenge is to all those that are listening is, hey, as a parent, only only the sculptor knows what they're sculpting. Only the painter knows what they're painting. Only the, the artist knows what they're creating. And so be humble enough to go, Hey, I don't, I don't know what God is doing and making of my child, but I'm going to be intent on learning and understanding my kid. And, and then finding those things that they glorify God in and they're wired for it. And I'm going to, I'm going to invest in that. I'm going to invest in who God has created them to be, not my vision for my kid. Yeah. And you know, you can be a super spiritual person and be like, well, my kid needs to not lie. My kid. And I don't disagree with any of that, <laughs> but you miss the heart of your kid. Like yeah. what brings your kid alive? Where do you see God's glory in that child? And so, be humble enough to go, Hey, I don't know what God's crafting out of my child. I know it's good. And I, and I want to be a part of that. And then get, get in line with what he's doing. Don't ask him to get in line with what you're doing. Mm. So that, that'd be the biggest challenge. I think that's super hard. I mean, if somebody goes, Oh yeah, I got it. I'd be like, tell me how you got that. Cause I'm right. 50 this year and I'm still learning how to do that. And I got eight test subjects, right? Like eight. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm still learning how to do that. Yeah. So I think that that's, a, that's a, a good challenge. And then the second one is just where are you going to define who you are? Like, mm -hmm. you know, um, as us as dads, you know, dads in the trenches, we go to what we do and what we accomplish to define who we are. Right. And that should be an outflow of who we are. Like our identity locked in as a beloved son is the most important thing. And so I think just being honest with ourselves to say, Hey, Am I taking my questions about identity to work? Am I taking it to my wife? Am I taking it to my church? Am I taking it to other men in my life? Um, because if we don't model this, our kids are going to do the exact same things that we do. And I've seen my kids have the same struggles that I have because I've not in my life always modeled that well. And so that'd be the second thing is just be fiercely committed to being aware of where you go 
to define yeah. who you are. Yeah, man, that's, that's great. I love it. Speaking to me right now too. It's so good. So good. Um, so just as we kind of wind down, um, I want to just give you space, you know, tell us how our listeners can connect with you, what you're doing, um, New Frontier Ministries, all that stuff. I mean, uh, for the trips and what we do, the New Frontier Ministries dot org, okay. uh, you can go to that. Yep. Um, you can uh, on there. My what my my email, Chris, at the New Frontier Ministries dot org. Okay. Um, we've got Instagram, Facebook under the same name. Great. I have, you know, you can read, people can reach out to me via um, my Instagram and my Facebook, you know, Chris Harden signs the Facebook. Um, I think living, living in sunship is my Instagram stuff. Yeah. And I do have a lot of cool, I've, I've thrown some ideas on there, stuff we've done with the kids. So if you yeah. want some further ideas, there's some stuff on there already. Yeah. So those are the ways to get, to get a hold of us. And, um, and I'm always up for helping guys out. Like, yeah. So that's great. Somebody needs some help or got a question, they can always email or, you know, shoot me a text or whatever. So that's the best way to get a hold of, of me and the folks here at New Frontier. Super. Well, thank you for that, Chris. That's really yeah. generous. Um, now, just as we close, uh, would you take a minute and just pray for us? Pray for the dads? Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, Dad, we, we just thank you for the time um, together today. And is iron is sharpening iron Lord, we just pray that you'd refine us and but lord most importantly i pray that you draw each of us closer to you Lord, that we'd have a deeper sense and knowledge and heart understanding of what it means to be a beloved son Lord, that we we can't give what we don't receive and so i pray that we'd receive that um, and the big things and the little things of our lives i pray for encouragement for any dad that's listening um, so much of what I've learned comes out of my failure and my struggle. And so I pray that you I pray against any shame and I pray against any senses of failure, condemnation or in any dad listening. And I pray that you'd infuse them with courage and strength and the power and authority that they have as a, as your beloved son to step into today, new and afresh, uh, what it means to be a dad, what it means to love on their kids. And so I just pray that we would, all of us would just have that sense of, hey, we can do this walking with our Heavenly Dad. So I just pray that over them. Pray over Aaron and Dad in the trenches and just for expansion of, of their message and their heart to others, that others would be encouraged, that um, more men would just feel your goodness over them through what um, Aaron does and, and, and their ministry. And so we just thank you for that. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for being the best dad ever. And uh, we just give you all the praise and all the glory for all that you do in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Chris, thank, thanks so much for joining us today. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been fun to just get to talk to you and get to know you better. So. Absolutely. I feel the same way. All right, dads. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time. God bless. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live. <laughs>